Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. and happy Monday. I feel really bad. We didn't have an episode last week, but I was just so busy with um, meet the teacher virtual nights and just chores around the house and cleaning and meal prepping and dogs. And I just needed a moment to just like relax and chill. So my apologies, there was no episode last week, but I hope that everyone was able to get caught up um, in not only my podcast, but also any other podcasts that you do enjoy and that you do listen to, because it's always nice to have like a week off, even though like we low-key hate it, especially when our favorite TV shows are on and they take like a hiatus week and they're off for one week and you're like, what do I do? I had a couple people texting me being like, where's the episode? And I was like, um, well, you see... But sometimes it's nice to just take a break and like take a week off and just kind of reset, recharge. And another reason why I didn't really have an episode last week is because I was kind of blanking on something to talk about. And I didn't want to talk about something that like make an episode where it's just kind of like a bunch of mumbo jumbo and really no point to it. I really wanted to have something good and some good content. And so it's funny enough, I was talking with Michaela and my little brother, and I was like, guys, I got nothing. I don't know what to talk about. And they, they gave me a few ideas. And then it's funny because the day I should have released a podcast last Monday, it hit me. I was like, oh, my God, I should talk about this. And then I'm like, well, why didn't I already talk about that? <laughs> like, how did it not come to me? So this week, we're going to dive into something that's really dear to my heart, actually. And because I don't want this to be like a million hours long, we might divide it into two parts. So we'll do the first half this week, and then we'll do the second half next week. So yeah, let's just take a break and we'll jump. while ago, not really a little while ago, when was this published? This would have been published in June, so beginning of June. So it was COVID and it was almost summertime and sometimes when like I have a thought that comes to my brain, I just like to write it down. So I had this idea, like I was still kind of like grumpy about life and what have you and just like kind of thinking back and like all these like thoughts and triggers like kind of came back to me and what have you. So I just decided to write it down on on my phone, on on a notepad on my phone. And this idea came to me. So I'm not sure if any of you have heard of the blog, or I think it's a blog, called Thought Catalog. So you can search up anything, and like it's like they make lists that people publish, that people write, and they publish them, and like stories, and like it's just kind of like a little bit of everything, like romance, horoscopes, um, health, creepy stuff, beauty stuff, and all kinds of things. So I used to read them a lot, and I wrote down my thing, and I was like, hmm, I'm just going to send this to them and see what happens. And they came back to me and they were like, this is a good start. And by start, that's exactly what it is. Like, it's just a start. Like, add some more detail to it and send it back to us. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because before when I used to send stuff, um, it was just like a straight up rejection. Or like, oh, we already have content like this. But they kind of gave me real feedback. So I was like, okay. So I went and edited my work. um, Got some other people to read it over. Added some details. Got some other ideas from, from some friends. 
and I sent it back to them again. And then they asked me, they said they wanted to publish it, and they asked me if they, they wanted the piece, well, they asked me if I wanted the piece to be anonymous or if I wanted to put my name on it. And before I tell you what, what that piece was about, I figured, well, it can be triggering. My piece can be triggering to some people, um, but the content in it is important. And I feel like I would like to take credit for, obviously, for what I wrote. And some people will take it one way and some people will take it another way. Um, but I think it's important to get that information out in the world. So I would like to take credit for it. So they put my name on the piece and it got published onto their website. And there, so far there is 4,000, over 4,100 views or reads on my piece. And I just thought it would be kind of cool to go over it with you guys. So I wrote a piece and it's called Love Doesn't Look Like These 40 Things. Um, I'm just going to read you guys the little intro paragraph thing here. And then we're going to go through all 40 ideas or 40 things on my list that I talked about. So just a, um, just for a warning, some of the things are very triggering. Um, they can refer to some toxic relationships from the past. Not all of the content happened to me directly. Um, they could have happened to a friend. They, um, it could have, the idea could have happened to me, but for the piece itself, I added more detail than maybe what did happen to me. Um, so I, it was just like a combination of other people's experiences, my experiences, and experiences that I thought that might not have happened to me, but I thought were relevant to the piece. So just a warning surrounding that as well. So this was kind of the intro that I wrote. So it says, love. It's something we think about often, an ideological concept that we tend to over-romanticize and fantasize about. It makes us feel like we are floating on clouds and make us, makes us fall flat on our faces both at the same time. We dream of this big white wedding and of our partner standing at the end of the aisle with tears in their eyes. It makes our hearts flutter and calm. It can be beautiful and perfect. However, it can also be soul-crushing and painful. Love fills you, good and bad. Love is a lot of things. It feels like a lot of things. However, there are a few things that love is not. And then I got into my list. So let's talk about this list. <laughs> let's talk about the first 20 items on this list. So number one, cheating on me days before my birthday. I would not say love is that, definitely not. Um, and that's kind of interesting because like cheating can be whatever people think. Um, you could be cheating physically, you could be cheating emotionally. Um, like, there's so many different definitions for cheating, and I know that we haven't done our cheating episode yet, but cheating on me days before my birthday. I am not going to say if any of which ones happened to me or which ones happened to somebody else. Um, I will leave that up to you guys as the listeners um, to just kind of, like, just think about the, the, the topics at hand more so. Um, not to not navigate, not to like investigate what ha which happened to me and which didn't happen to me. But just, I just want the ideas, you just sit on the ideas and wow, be like, wow, you're right, that, that isn't love. So number one was cheating on me before my birthday. Not love. Cheating on you on somebody whenever is not love. But before your birthday is like, there's like key dates you should not do bad things on. If you're going to do bad things, don't do bad things on certain days or near certain days, like birthdays or Christmas or Valentine's Day or... Like, near somebody's anniversary, or, like, near your, the, someone's, like, the anniversary of somebody's death, or, like, a significant, like, holiday, or life event, 
don't do bad things. Don't cheat. Don't break up with somebody. Like, there's, yeah. There's some, there's, it's, I feel like that's just, like, the nice thing to do. You know what I mean? Um, so number two, sexting other people when you're in a relationship to help you feel more validated. So every, I feel like a lot of people can be susceptible to this one, especially like if you are not getting your own needs met in a relationship, whether it's because it's long distance or the other person just isn't emotionally, um, you could say emotionally mature or emotionally like they're just not filling your needs emotionally. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're just having an off bidet, but that doesn't mean you're going to sex other people. Um, sometimes it's only once, sometimes it can be multiple times. Um, but that is not love in any form of anything. If you're in a relationship, don't sex other people. No bueno. So that's my number two. Number three, telling me that it's hanging out when you're two feet away on the couch on your phone for two hours. This drives me bonkers. Like, sure, people can have their own time and whatever and like, but it's not considered hanging out if you're sitting, doing something else on your phone. Like you're just sitting in the same room as each other. I wouldn't consider that hanging out. Hanging out is like actively doing something together, watching TV together, watching Netflix together, playing video games together, playing a board game, um, going for a drive together, grabbing food, eating together. That's all hanging out. But for you to say, for somebody to say that they're, that it's, we're hanging out when like they're on their phone or watching TV and like you're just kind of doing your own thing on the opposite side of the couch. That's not hanging out. That's sitting in the same room as each other. So um, that one used to be very triggering for me, especially like when I was like, oh, well, like we're hanging out or should we hang out? And the other person just does the opposite thing. So my dog just got very excited. Um, another one using the number four. Using the excuse I'm visiting my family to avoid saying you have a girlfriend. So this could be in any case. So like all of these, obviously, for the point of the piece, was written from a female's perspective with a male partner. Um, but it could be for anything. Like it could be a guy and the girlfriend is or the 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 girlfriend is using the excuse. Oh, I'm visiting my family instead of saying she has a boyfriend. So using the excuse, I'm visiting family to avoid saying you have a girlfriend or having a partner. So that can be said to your friends, your buddies, um, texting your friends and just being like, oh yeah, I'm with family. But in reality, you're spending the weekend with your partner. Um, I just feel like that makes the other, your partner or the other person ashamed. Like you feel like you're, you're, you feel like that your partner is ashamed of you, if that makes sense. Um, that like they don't want their friends knowing that you exist or like not telling the truth. Um, and like hiding you from people in their lives. I think that that's, that's a serious conversation to have, um, with anybody really. Um, it's just not being honest, right? And not being truthful. And that's being truthful and honest is a key component to any relationship. It's just part of that communication piece. And I think that people need to work on that more because obviously, Lying and being deceitful is not love and it does not demonstrate or show anybody that you love them or that you have feelings for them. So that is definitely, that was number four on the list I wrote. Number five, telling me to make my Instagram private so that it causes less quote unquote drama. (laughs) Um, That's awkward. 
Like, nobody can tell you what to do with your social media unless, like, you're posting inappropriate pictures or whatever. But, like, what drama? Like, I don't understand. How could one person's Instagram cause drama unless, like, they're leading a double life? You know what I mean? But your partner should not be telling you to make your Instagram private so that it causes less drama in your relationship. Because... Like, first of all, what drama would it cause? Where where would the drama come from? Because you're their partner. You know what I mean? So unless, like, you're... Tra- Again, this goes back to the previous one. Unless you're trying to hide them, unless you're trying to, like, be deceitful and, like, you're ashamed of other people seeing your partner's social media and that's why you want their social media to be private, um, there really is no reason why anybody should say that to begin with in the first place. Um, so that would be number five, really, really, really awkward. And I'm really curious of what your guys' take is, especially on that one here. Number six is deleting all my comments off your social media so that your followers don't know I exist. Yikes. Could you imagine even like anybody really, um, if you were to comment on somebody's picture and they deleted your comments right afterwards or within like an hour or so and you go back and you kind of like look, I guess, because people are nosy on social media, obviously, and your comments disappeared. And then the other person says, oh, I just didn't want any dr- there to be any drama. But then you're like, well, I'm commenting on your post because I'm your partner or I'm your girlfriend or I'm your boyfriend. Why would you delete my comment? Like, that's stupid. So... Or, like, that's, like, hurtful. And when in reality, the other person is doing it to hide you from their followers so that their followers don't know that you exist so that they they can continue to portray that perfect, quote-unquote, perfect single person on Instagram. And that's really hurtful. That's that's also, like, a punch to your self-esteem. And social media, honestly, these days... Social media is awful to begin with. Like, Like, I just honestly wish it didn't exist. I wish... None of it exists. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all of it. TikTok, I wish all of it didn't exist. There's no point to it. Like, it just, it causes a lot of, it can cause miscommunication. It can cause problems in relationships. It causes mental health problems with everybody. Everybody's trying to portray that perfect image, like I mentioned. And then, like, if you you see those pictures online and then you're like, oh, well, like, I don't have that. My life isn't like that. Um, How come I'm not there yet in life? And it just affects your own, your own mental health and your own, your own thoughts. So um, yeah, social media, number six is not love either. Number seven, telling me that I'm quote unquote annoying, whiny, and dramatic when I'm trying to express my feelings. That plays into your communication piece in a relationship. And being able to communicate openly and being able to communicate without the other person reprimanding you. So if I'm trying to express my feelings to somebody and you're calling me annoying or you're saying that I'm whiny or you're saying that I'm dramatic, why would I continue to share my feelings with you or why would I continue trying to be open? And then you, you, the other person gets mad because they're like, well, why don't you talk about your feelings with me? Oh, why don't you like, what are you thinking about? And you're just like, nope, never mind. Don't worry about it. And then they're like, no, come on, talk to me. And then, you know, if you say anything, they're going to get mad at you anyway. So like it's, a lose-lose situation per se because then you have to bottle it up and then you feel anxious about that but if you talk about it you're going to um, be judged or be called names 
also. So like, what do you do? Do you know what I mean? Like what, what, what do you do? What do you say? And so I don't know how to still solve that one. I think that's just, that's just needed growth from both parties. Um, learning more about each other, learning that like maybe one person does need to talk and the other person needs to listen. Maybe to recognize that, oh, like this person needs to talk about their feelings or um, the relationship gets worse. And this can also be the same thing. This can also play into friendships as well. So um, if you said your feelings to like a good friend and they call you annoying or they call you dramatic, you're like, well, what kind of friend are they really like? Are they really there for me? So that goes for both, for a romantic relationship and a friendship. Like, you need to be there to listen. You need to be there to support your friend or your partner and listen to their feelings and take in their feelings and engage in discussions surrounding their feelings, but also your feelings. And I think that that's really important. Um, So calling somebody names or saying something bad about somebody once they're trying to express their feelings is not love. Number eight is a big one. It's two words, <laughs> um, but it's a big one. It hits you hard. So number eight says abandoning me. This isn't can be in terms of everything again. Um, abandoning a friendship, abandoning a relationship. Um, it could be emotionally abandoning somebody. It could be literally physically abandoning somebody, like letting, like leaving somebody's life. Um, and the other, like, the person that you're leaving has nowhere to go. Like, legit abandonment. Um, that's a that's a tough one. And I know that I have um, some abandonment issues just from past trauma, traumatic events in my life and what have you. And the funny thing is, well, it's not funny, but my little puppy, she has really bad abandonment issues too as well. Um, she just gets very anxious when somebody leaves her or, like, when she thinks that she's getting left alone. Um, so it's a good thing I have two dogs because it kind of, it kind of helps her and supports my dog as well. But it's very interesting how any kind of living thing can feel abandoned. I see it with my dog all the time, but abandoning somebody is not love. There are different ways to leave somebody in a respectful manner uh, or a different way, different ways to like kind of walk away from somebody in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're abandoned and I think that people need to work on that and people need to recognize that yes I can walk away from this situation but I don't need to do it in such a spiteful way where it looks like and the other person feels like I'm abandoning them because that will cause more issues than the breakup or well the friendship breakup or the romantic breakup in general like somebody will get over being broken up with but being abandoned completely different story So I think that that's something that everybody can kind of work on. And even if you're the person who has abandonment issues and this number eight hits home to you, um, you got to find your people and find your circle that's not going to abandon you and make that like make it clear and be like, hey, like I do have this issue. I do have this problem. Um, And it scares me that for you to walk away one day, it's not putting an ultimatum on somebody. It's just being open with with your your issues and um, your feelings and if people aren't okay with that and people don't respect that, let them walk. It kind of go coincides with what I said last week. Um, let them go. So number nine, it's funny because when I wrote number nine, I actually, so there's two um, swear words. Um, when I wrote number nine, I actually asterisked the words out when I submitted the post. And it's really funny because when I saw it published for the first time and I read it for the first time, they 
took the asterisks out and then they wrote down the legit word and all the letters. <laughs> so yeah. So number nine is calling me a C word. I will not say it because it's very rude and disrespectful, but if you were to read my post, it is there in black and white calling me the C word and a slut. Um, sluts, sluts a bad one. Obviously being called any name is bad in general, but, um, being called a slut hurts. I've heard that one from many men in my life the past couple years. Um, the C word is just a terrible word in general. It is the same as calling somebody the N word. Um, calling somebody the C word is disrespectful. It's degrading. It's just like, I don't even have words for it. Anytime I hear somebody use it, I don't even care. Like if it's a friend, if it's a guy, if it's anybody, anytime I hear somebody use that word, I literally like, like my blood boils. Um, so to be called that personally by somebody, um, that's not love. That's not love at all. Like, yeah, you can be in a relationship and like you're, you're, you call somebody dumb or you're dumb or you're a joker or you're a jerk or you're an asshole or like those aren't very nice either, obviously. Um, but sometimes like you say that out of anger and like you end up discuss like talking about it and and working through that. But to, but these two in particular being called the C word and being called a slut are just um hard nose in my book that is not that is no demonstration of love that is just pure disrespect and I will admit that I have been called both those names by men in the past um number 10 telling me that I'm the reason you keep other people on the sidelines or keep other people at bay um when dating somebody like me so that's awkward like first of all, like, are you telling the truth? Like, do you actually have people on the sidelines as you're dating me? And if you are like, like what, why are you in a relationship to begin with? And two, like you're saying that to somebody out of spite. It's like, oh, well, if you don't stick around, I'm good enough that I have other people waiting for me. Like, okay, bro. <laughs> um, who do you think you are? Like, if you think you're that good, then go have at her. The other girls, other girls can have you and deal with your bullshit. Like, no, thank you. Um, so that one's, that's not love either. Like just saying that to somebody, like that's just trying to, to keep them in your corner. You know what I mean? And like, keep, keep them, keep you in their pocket, in their back pocket, because they have other people in all their other pockets in case you slip out of their pocket. Um, bad analogy, but it's the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> so super 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 rude disrespectful awful um don't say that to people it's not love it's not it's it's truly not is lying about what you're doing or who you're talking to this again coincides with the communication thing. Haven't you noticed a lot of these things on this list have to do with communication? Hmm. Um, so like there's a difference between like a white lie, obviously, and a legit lie. So you cannot like you can just be like, oh yeah, I'm just out doing errands, and like in reality you're like buying Christmas gifts. Like, okay, that's that's a good that's not a good lie, but like it's a uh, it's a good white lie, you know what I mean? Like, it's an acceptable white lie. But 
going out of your way to actively lie about what you're doing or who you're talking to or saying you're talking to a friend um, when you're really talking to a girl. I had a boyfriend once where he changed somebody's name, somebody's contact on their phone to a dude's name um, when in reality, whenever that dude, quote unquote dude, was texting him, it was really a girl. Um, and the only reason I know that is because I was sitting beside him once when he opened a Snapchat and it was a girl in lingerie, but it said the dude's name. So I like, so people are sneaky, especially like if they want to talk to somebody who they know that they shouldn't be talking to, especially in a relationship, they will go out of their way to, um, make that happen. And if they do that, that's not love. Like that's, it's not, it's, it's disrespectful. And I know I'm using those same words over and over again, but I just, I need people to understand that if you're experiencing these things, it's not love. It's not. And it took me a really long time to recognize that. And that's why I kind of made this list because I was like, well, a lot of these things did happen to me. And some of these things happened to friends. And some of these things I know um, could have happened to other people. And it took me a long time to realize that I shouldn't have to put up with shit like that. And that that isn't what love looks like. Like if you're in a relationship and you, you're experiencing that, it's not, that's not love. It's not what it looks like. And it's, like I said, it took me a long time to realize that. And so I made this list. Thankfully, Thought Catalog thought it was good and I, they published it. But I, I need people to realize that they're not alone in this and like they need, they, um, it's not love. They're, and they're not in a relationship that's providing them with the love. Um, Number 12, using my mental health struggles as the reason why nobody talks to me. So I've been quite open about um, my mental health and um, the struggles that I go through on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes it's worse than others. Um, Sometimes it's manageable. Recently, it's been pretty good, actually. Um, But to use my mental health struggles when you're fighting with somebody and say, well, that's the reason why nobody talks to you because you're anxious and you're depressed all the time. Like, ouch, okay um first of all rude again second of all disrespectful third of all do you not even recognize what mental health is if you're saying something like that like do you have no first you have no empathy to how somebody is feeling or do you not even know the definition of what mental health is and if you think people aren't talking to me because i have mental health problems then you're like you literally don't know what mental health is then um so that's very rude and it's, um, it, it like makes you feel bad about yourself. So not love. Um, number 13, Googling how to break up with your depressive girlfriend instead of trying to talk or, t- instead of trying to talk or support me. Um, I will say that that one did happen to me. Um, I saw on an ex's iPad, I was going through like a pretty rough time, um, and he wasn't very, one that was very good with like commu- like talking with me through my feelings or what have you. And on his iPad, he had Googled, he had different tabs Googled of how to break up with your depressive girlfriend. And, and while he was Googling those things, he was ignoring me when I was trying to ask him for help. He was ignoring me when I was trying to talk to him. He was ignoring me like when I would go and like kind of block everything out and not talk to him, like not engage with anything and in the meantime he was in the other room googling this kind of shit instead of actually trying to talk to me or support me and I get it like people who are in or who go through depressive periods like it's hard and it's it's hard for the other person 
who has to witness that. And I get that. I'm not very, I'm not, I will admit I'm not a very good support for somebody who's going through a depressive or anxious state because I don't know how to deal with it 100% accurately with myself. So if I can't deal with it myself, by myself, I can't help somebody else, if that makes sense. Um, So I first need to like work on being able to control it and help myself through those episodes before I can help somebody else. Um, So I know that it can be tricky to help somebody else, but like literally you can sit beside somebody who's anxious or depressed and that will make their day and like the other person doesn't even know. You know what I mean? Like if somebody was beside me having a panic attack, I wouldn't know what to say. But if I know that I could sit beside them and say nothing and hopefully that helps calm them down, just to know that I'm there, I'm beside them, I might not have anything to say, but I'm here. I'm still here. You know what I mean? Um, But Googling that is just, it's ridiculous. Um, Number 14, being confused about your feelings or using that as a reason for why you're acting distant or shady. Um, I get it. People get confused about their feelings all the time. Um, and I understand that, um, but that doesn't give you any excuse to be distant from like your friend or to be distant from your partner or your romantic relationship. It gives you no excuse to act shady, right? Like if you're still friends with somebody or you're still in a relationship with somebody and like you're still trying to work through those feelings, if something had happened in the relationship or like if it's still new, it doesn't give you a reason to act shady, like you committed to something, you committed to that friendship, you committed to that relationship, don't be shady. You know what I mean? Like, don't be that person. Work, sit there and sit with those feelings, work through those feelings. My therapist told me, um, like, it's important to, like, just recognize what you're feeling and, like, not that you, you you have to sit with your feelings and, like, it's hard. And I, I tell her that all the time. I'm like, it's hard to sit through something, especially when I'm going through an anxious moment. Um, or like a panic episode and it like it's hard to sit with it and I'd rather distract myself or or like do keep myself busy and she's like yes but it's important to sit with those feelings so that you know you recognize what they are and then you can try to start solving them so that would be the same thing with your feelings you know what I mean um your feelings towards another person that's no excuse to act distant and it's no excuse to act shady if anything you can be like hey I just need a little bit of time or hey like I'm having these kinds of thoughts um I'm not ready to talk about them yet but when I am like like we can definitely talk about them there's always ways better solutions than to be distant or than to be shady um number 15 Making me feel like I'm useless and just another person, even when I do everything to please you, take care of you, and love you with every ounce of my being. That one's tricky because um, a relationship can always be one person is doing more work, obviously, or one person is doing less of the work, or one person's putting in more effort, or one person's like showing their love more than the other person and that can make somebody feel quite bad obviously um but to make somebody feel useless or like they're just like another person you'd see on the street when they're literally doing everything for you that's when you have to start to think about it does this person actually love me if I'm doing this for this person and if I'm doing like if I'm showing that I care about them is it really love and Yes, some people's love languages are different. Some people might not appreciate if you're emptying the dishwasher and cooking them dinner every night. Like, they would just rather you sit beside them. 
Or some people would rather, like, don't care if you bring them flowers. They would just rather you empty the dishwasher or say, like, reassuring words. So everybody's love language is different. And I think that that's where you need to recognize your partner's love language and um, realize that what your love language is doesn't mean that's the other person. So if you are... If your love language is words of affirmation and gifts, let's say, um, that doesn't mean the other person wants words of affirmations and gifts. Maybe their love language is acts of service and physical touch. So they don't want gifts. They want you to sit beside them and have like and hold hands or they want you to um, clean the house like that's that that's how they receive love. how you receive love is different than how they receive love and that's what love languages are and that's what people um need to consider so this so number 15 there that can that can go on both sides of the party and just like realizing what your love language is how you how you show love how your partner receives love and appreciating them in that sense and if they're not appreciating you if they're not giving you the time of day it's not love want to know what's funny well not really funny but <laughs> I've read my piece on thought catalog probably like 20,000 times and I never realized till now they have a typo <laughs> in the num- the order of the numbers <laughs> so it goes 14 15 jumps to 17 that's awkward um so we're just gonna for pretend 17 16 and we're just gonna keep going down the list so number 16 listening to me tell you that I had a panic attack and overdose on my anxiety medications and then saying why would you do that there's nothing wrong with you yikes that goes back to the understanding surrounding mental health and the and the conversation around communication um could you imagine saying that to somebody and they say that to you why would you do that there's nothing wrong with you like and then you're just like like your inner critic just doesn't even know what to say. Like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even have any comment on this number here. Like, I don't know how I wrote that, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because, like, obviously, mental health is serious, right? And if you're on medication for your mental health, whether it's anxiety, depression, um, schizophrenia, schizophrenia, um, eating disorders, anything, um, like... There's nothing wrong with you being on medication for it um, if it's a strategy to help you. And if you're open enough and you're honest enough with somebody else to share that with somebody, whether, again, whether it's a friend or whether it's a romantic relationship, and that's what they say back to you, not, oh, my goodness, how can I help you? Oh, my goodness, um, like, what happened? Like, not just being, not being genuinely worried for the person, but instead their reaction is, why would you do that? There's nothing wrong with you. Like, oh, oh, that's a that's a rough one. That that hurts. I can I feel that in my core. Um, yeah, people just if you're not educated on mental health, you need to. And that's honestly why I'm doing my certificate. Like I know quite a bit, but I want to be more supportive for others and for myself so like that's why I'm doing this extra schooling extra education for that reason and other people just need to 
I'm not saying go back to school or what have you, but like just read up on things, especially if you know somebody who has anxiety or has depression. Um, and it's, it's really important and it's really important that they feel supported and they feel like they're important, like they're, that they're important. You know what I mean? So, um, I just did a quick Google search because I wanted to know um, how many people, how prominent um, mental health is in Canada. And if we're looking at it, it's the most common mental health disorder, which I can see that. Um, And... 34, 34% of high school students indicate moderate to serious levels of psychological um, issues. Oh, interesting. 70% of mental health problems have their onset during childhood or adolescence. Interesting. Huh. Um, men have a higher rate of addiction than women. Okay, yes. Oh, women, women have a higher rate of moodering have higher rates of mood or anxiety disorders. Okay, yes. Um, wow. Mental illness is the leading cause of disability in Canada. So if, for those of you who are wondering, I'm just, I just did a quick Google search and I'm on CAMH, um, which is a big mental health support system in Canada. Um, wow. On average, there's about 11 suicides a day in Canada. So 4,000 Canadians die per year by suicide. Wow. Uh, oh my goodness. Just 50% of Canadians would tell friends or co-workers that they have a family member with mental illness. Wow. Compared to 72% who would discuss a diagnosis of cancer. Wow. 42% of Canadians were unsure whether they would socialize with a friend who has mental illness. This breaks my heart. of Canadians said they would unlikely to enter a spousal relationship with somebody who has a mental illness. Oh my god, my heart. Oh my goodness. That like, that's, that, that hurts my heart. Because that goes with like, what I've written about, you know what I mean? And like, if somebody's saying that to you, that means that they don't believe in, in you or like, don't believe that they can help support you and so they wouldn't even be in a relationship with you. Oh, man. All right. Let's go to the next one. Um, Number 17, changing your mind every 10 days just because you love the thrill of the fight and having me beg you to stay. Um, Where, like, somebody will just, quote, unquote, break up with you, but, like, 10 days later be like, oh, my God, please come back, blah, blah, blah. That's a toxic relationship right there. And I didn't recognize that when it had happened to me. Um, It's deliberating to your mental health it's deliberating to um your everyday behaviors everyday actions um and for somebody to literally love the thrill of the fight and having somebody else beg you to stay that's literally the some of the symptoms of a narcissism and if um you're with a narcissism then that's a lot of work cut out um because they're a breed in and of, of their own Number 19, telling your buddies that I'm just, quote-unquote, another girl when you're telling me that you love me. So you're telling all your buddies, oh, yeah, this is just whatever, and then your buddies are like, oh, is that your side piece and this and that, whereas you turn around and you tell 
the girl that you love her. You know what I mean? That like you're in love with her, but you're telling your buddy something different. It could be roles reversed too. It could be a girl telling her girlfriends, oh yeah, like I had like this hot guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, But then when she's with the guy, she's like, oh, I love you. I couldn't live without you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, that's not love. That's somebody who's confused about their feelings. That's somebody who's trying to have their cake and eat it too. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Okay? It doesn't work that way. It never worked that way. You will get called out on it. Your plan will go to shit. Don't do it. Okay? So just don't. And that goes back to like the piece at the beginning of my list um, talking about like hiding the other person. If you're really that ashamed of the other person, don't don't be in the relationship then you're not ready for a relationship is my thought um and then number 20 insulting my friends and isolating me from healthy friendships and relationships so in when you're in a relationship with somebody you don't need to like the other person's friends you don't need to right the other person can go hang out with their friends it's nice if you have couple friends but your partner doesn't need to like your friends the difference is when they are actively trying to to insult them and they're actively trying to keep you away from them that's a different story okay it would be the same thing if roles were reversed and your friends were actively insulting your partner or actively trying to keep you excuse me trying to keep you away from your partner um that's the same kind of thing that's not love that's not your friend loving you that's not your partner loving you your partner doesn't need to like your friends your friends don't need to like your partner you can love your friends, you can love your partner. If they get along, great. If not, you have your partner, make friends with your partner, make new friends with your partner, right? You can love your friends and have your friend group to yourself. It's important to have right, independent activities and relationships outside of your romantic relationship, but it doesn't mean that they need to like each other. And if they can't respect that, if they can't put their differences to the side and respect that for you, then that's a conversation you need to, you need to have with either party, with either the person you're in a romantic relationship with or your friend. Um, and if they still can't accept that, then that's when you need to start considering. Okay, well, do I need this? Do I want this person in my life? Like, do they? What are they bringing to my life other than drama? And so that's not love. It's not love from if it's from your friend. It's not your friend doesn't love you. If it's your partner doing it, your partner doesn't love you. And you need to be able to, you need to be able to recognize that. My commentary on the first twenty um, things on that list that I did get published. Um, like I said, I didn't want to have the podcast episode that was a million hours long so I decided we can do the first 20 this week and then we can finish the first 20 next week and if um, you are so keen and you want to read the piece um, yourself and read the last half of the list you can go google on thought catalog you can search up the title which is love isn't these 40 things or love doesn't look like these 40 things or you can search up my name on thought catalog as well and I only have one article published so far, which is this one. Um, but if you search up my name on Thought Catalog, it will also come up. And if you want to read the rest of the list, read ahead for next week. Um, and then you'll understand more of my commentary 
on the second half of the list after you've read it yourself, great. If you want to keep it a surprise for our discussion next week, that is also suitable and works well. Um, but I hope some of this was really insightful for you guys today. And if any of these things are happening in your life right now, just take this week to reflect upon and recognize if these things are happening to me, is this really love? No, it's not. Love doesn't look like those things. Love isn't those things. And I'm really excited next week to kind of um, dive into the second half of my list and give you guys my commentary and thoughts behind the last little bit of my list and how I concluded everything up. So thank you all for listening and I'll see you all.